Forgotten Tragedy, Jared Paris. Hello. What's up, Jared? Their band played at the Crump often. My interest is peaked. I'm like, these people love Jesus. Because I knew enough about the Lord to be like, hey, they're talking about Jesus. They piqued my interest in Christianity. If Forgotten Tragedy had not gone to the Crump, I don't think that the next part would have happened. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Hey, feedback is always welcome from listeners of the Big C, Little C podcast. We hope to get better here in 2019. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to be on, email B-E-U-T-E-L-S at gmail.com. Today we're going to hear a story of adoption, a story of redemption, uh, taking many other forms as well from Lance and Courtney Short. One thing that I noticed as I sat down with the Shorts, their reverence, their respect for one another's relationship with Christ and how they go about that. I hope you get the same thing and much more. I hope you're blessed. Thanks for listening. I think it was the first time you guys were at Current Gear 1.0. Yep. Downtown. Marshmallow Monkey. Back, mm-hmm. back in the Dizay. The Monkey. Hashtag The Monkey. Uh, I believe you guys sat in the second row. We did. Right behind us. Mm-hmm. I remember this. And I'm thinking these visitors are way into Gene's preaching. Like, you, you, guys, <laughs> you guys were giving it back to him. You were locked uh, yep. in. We weren't felt, used to actually hearing somebody preach the word and care about it. So what do you remember from that night? Well, what I do remember from that night was, first of all, it was a two-piece worship set. It was just a acoustic guitar and somebody on a kick drum. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but I don't think it was you, Jerry. And well, you were thinking, I mean, these guys need a bass player. I was like, well, man, I hope this isn't the full band. <laughs> like... I was like, man, I, I've been to the few shows of the gear. I know this is a rocking place. I heard some, I heard some stuff about the worship band here. I was like, this can't be it. <laughs> like, surely this is just a stripped down something, and I'll just have to catch it next week or something. Surely but, it's just their Mumford phase. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Probs. But no, I remember Gene just bringing the heat, his heels spot on with his with his word, and I'm like, this is something I can get behind for sure. I wasn't used to being able to worship with freedom. All the churches that I'd ever been to, it was pretty stand-up, sit-down, stand-up, sit-down. Very liturgical. Liturgical, yes. That's what I was looking for. And there's something to be said for that. I liked it. It was awesome. Yeah, there's a place for everything. Um, I liked that because that was how I figured out, you know, yeah, this is what I actually, I I actually want to follow Christ because these people's lives have shown me what Christ is like. Like being with his grandparents and they'd been, they've been running after the Lord forever and, you know, and you kind of watch that happen in the older set. And then being at Current has taught me that it's kind of cool to love Jesus. But I remember the first time I ever came to Current, uh, we sat with Andrew. And I remember being really, really, really confused as to if the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a thing. Ah, okay. So, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, is this of the Lord? Am I supposed to, like, be okay with this? And... It, obviously, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went home that night and prayed, and the Lord gave me. That night? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, most of my religious experiences, quote, quote, <laughs> gotcha. um, are by myself in my bedroom. Hmm. I didn't go up to the altar and get saved. Wow. Well, I do know? want to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So the shorts, you talk about male and female, made he them. You guys, came, now you were not married yet. Got married shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Ha ha. Um, and your hair was oh, I long. Bet you grabbing onto that right now. As soon as <laughs> if he's listening, it was so beautiful. His hair was so pretty. Shout out, Andrew. Um, Those Andrew jokes. Though. Yeah, that's a yeah. So you weren't married yet, but but you came as a couple. You got married shortly thereafter. Yeah. We know Lance and Courtney, and that's a good thing. 
Yep. Leave and cleave. And so not to de-individualize you by saying that. Sure. But I wouldn't mind digging back a little bit further. And we said, could be possible that Courtney is more talkative than Lance. I don't know. A little bit. So we said, usually usually I would be, yeah, I I would usually be inclined for ladies first. But Lance, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on on the hot seat first. By all means. Some things I know about you. So you cut your hair. Yep. Before the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, it was only like, what, two weeks before the wedding or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was intense. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't even sure if he's going to look like super cute with <laughs> I was a little scared. <laughs> TBH. Wedding plans were put on hold until, until the first visual. They, they may or may not have been up in the, just kidding. Yeah. But, um, we went together. It was cool. So I know that. I know that you knew Andrew. I know that you were in a Southern Gospel um Correct. Uh, trio? Mm-hmm. I was going to say quartet. That wouldn't have been correct. Yep, that was me um, and my two grandparents. Yeah. I sang, believe it or not, well, some may believe it with the high parts I sing. I do. But I actually sang first tenor. Well, it's, it's considered Southern Gospel tenor, but it's basically alto. Yeah. So The boy with the girl voice is what they called him. Looked like a boy, but sang like a girl. It's actually... It's, it's, I, I, and, I, and I brought that one on myself. Who's she? At one point, I had asked you for cassettes for this episode i don't know if that's happening or not but um we don't have any no, we can it, find w- it. never happened one thing that i have always tried to do when i say always it's not been a year yet since we've been doing this but i've never wanted it to be autobiographical or a chronology of someone's life so right. i never okay so where were you born yeah but so what, on and so forth as far as a redemption story a kingdom story what's something in your past that you can point back to oh sure the guy was at work in my life at that point oh definitely it's kind of a launching place well i can tell you that my history with the church and with christianity goes all the way back to all the way back like i got saved when i was eight years old been going to, i've literally been in church i don't ever remember not waking up and going to church on a sunday like jesus wasn't ever foreign to you right exactly or at least the idea of church, even as a kid, like I knew this is something that we did on Sundays and then it became real to me at eight years old. Like, Hey, this is something I should, this Jesus guy is real. I want to get to know him more. I basically grew up in Christ as I was growing up as a human time goes on. I was super on fire for God. And then I got used to church life. It's, it's kind of what happens when you grow up in an, a church environment, you get used to it. Eventually, you hear all of the sermons, and you hear all of the Christian cliche phrases, and it just gets stale. Like, it gets repetitive, it becomes mechanical. And to a person like me, it's like, oh, I've got this church thing down. It became very much more of a form of self-righteousness just to attend church and be church-y, if that makes any sense. And that went on all the way through high school and even into the start of my college days, which my first semester, I went to Ivy Tech just to kind of get some basic courses in, um, and it was cheap and it was local. I I applied to a bunch of different private Christian colleges, and they're exorbitant now in tuition. They were just as bad back then. Like, back in in 2000... No, it it was senior year of high school, so 2006, 2007, I started applying to a lot of the local Nazarene Christian colleges because I've been going to a Nazarene church my entire life. I'm like, okay, the Nazarene church must be the, Obvious must be the step. ultimate denomination. So I was like, okay, well, let's just continue the, continue the trend. It was $30,000 a year to go to either one of the private Christian colleges that I went to in the Nazarene scene 10, 12 years ago now. Trevecca and Trevecca, Trevecca and uh, all of that, oh, all yeah. of that and Trevecca both. Okay, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I went, I went to all of that. I was like, wow, that's expensive. Trevecca was even worse. So I was like, okay, I got to find a good call because I come from a family we don't have a lot of money. So I'm like, it was never a question if Lance was crazy smart enough to go. It was more like a. It was literally a financial a financial thing. thing. Yeah, that just would have boiled down to my first year. I was like, okay, I, I got to go to college somewhere. So. I started off just going to Ivy Tech for a year. After that, I ended up going in a semester late because I missed fall semester signups. So I started spring semester, went there a year, but a whole calendar year. So it was the spring of 
07, I think. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I ended up going to Pensacola Christian College is where I ended up going to. In Pensacola, Florida. Yep, all the way You went down there? Yep, mm-hmm, wow. for a year. And this Did you is stay where, on your sidewalk? Is that a thing? That, yes. That was, yes. Ve- that was very much a thing. Everything that... Uh, yeah. uh, complete disclaimer to anyone listening to this podcast. Everything that you've heard about Pensacola Christian College is 100% true. <laughs> it, 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 girls and boys had their own sidewalks. You were not allowed to touch a member of the opposite gender or you would get expelled. Like, it was hardcore. High five? Not even a high five, dude. Shoo. No contact. Yeah. It was severe repercussions or expulsion if you were caught. It's <laughs> it, it, it was intense. Apparently, it's not like that anymore, though. They've changed presidents, I think, is what I've heard. It's it's possible. I mean, I, I don't really keep up with it. But you couldn't even go outside your dorm in a t-shirt and jeans. Ooh. Like, you had to wear, like, shirt and tie, dress sh- button-up shirt, full tie, slacks, all this stuff. I didn't know a thing about this until I had already signed the papers, signed my life away, and, oh, here we go. Um, Did you have long hair? No, not back then. Okay. Not back then. It was like a buzz cut, right? Basically, it was the business cut, as you, as you could say. So so envision, like, most dudes have their sides almost shaved, like, nowadays, but just a little bit more stubble on the top. That's all you had. <laughs> it looked like that he was, like, G.I. It, it looked like, like I just, just come fresh out of the military. Like, yeah, it was, it was oh, military. Love it. But that's, that's, that was my haircut my entire childhood. But eventually it got to the point where it was so... This is like liturgy to the extreme. like, And it got to the point where in my second semester, in my head, I was thinking, man, it's not about the rules. It, it, it came to a point where it finally clicked in my head where it's not about what you do, what you don't do, what you, how you dress, what your hair looks like, what, my, dare I say it, what color your skin is. It's... Hey now, hey. It's I know I know we're 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 going there a little bit, but now, now there there was a lot of diversity at Pensacola Christian College. Actually, my best friend from Pensacola was a, actually I knew a couple black kids that I was really close friends what with. What up, Brian Verrett? Yep, it's good to hear. Brian Verrett, shout out. Yeah, slide out of Louisiana. But anyway, um, it, it basically came to the point like, man, it's not about the rules; it's about the relationship. And Jesus stopped. I I, I remember almost exactly where I was on campus. I was walking back to my dorm. I had this moment where Holy Spirit hit me almost audibly. And he said, dude, that's you. Like, God called me out right there on that very spot saying, this is basically who you are, but as an institution. Hmm. So now you've had this realization, what are you going to do with it? So the end of that semester came. I ended up leaving Pensacola Christian College. Because I was just I was just done. I was ready to pursue an actual relationship with God, and that, and that's that's when I started growing my hair out because I kind of hit my rebel phase late, you could say. I started wearing the bright flannel. I started wearing black t-shirts and jeans everywhere. I guess just kind of super jaded about the whole thing. I go back to Ivy Tech the next semester. What really jaded me is that it is a private college, therefore it is not accredited. That's the word I'm looking for. It was not accredited. Yep. The college itself, that none of the credits transferred, basically ten thousand dollars out my pocket, completely wasted. Oh. Minus that, minus the one, my minus my quote unquote turnaround experience that happened on campus, and that's worth ten grand, right? How I mean, how can you put a price on a relationship with God? I mean, you, you can't. But regardless, <laughs> I had to basically start from scratch all over again. I go into what in my mind is a remedial introductory class at Ivy Tech because I have to, because I can't really prove that and this is where uh our first meeting is yes this is where this is the first time she ever meets me i don't have no clue who she is she has no clue who i am and within two weeks i'm irritating the living junk out of her <laughs> because i am... I just want him to shut up like he kept saying everything i was thinking and it was not okay i don't say those things you can't say what you're thinking or no one will like you it was how it wasn't at least where we went to college in, in what context in, in like, a classroom? like or... this is really dumb i want to go home this is not this is something i learned in high school what are we doing here i literally so you guys are in right? classes together yes, or... yes okay. sat, i we, sat in the we front in together front okay. left with my friend that I'd made and then he sat like in the back I sat in the back and I remember looking back on that first day being like are you serious 
I'm right now. I'm basically answering all the questions that the teacher's throwing and out. And I'm like, I know like, all the answers, but I'm not going to be mean about it like you are. <laughs> I'm, so, just wait, I'm just basically ready for class to be over at this point. So you'd already been Ten to, by point. the time you were 20, you'd already been to two different institutions of higher learning mm-hmm. and had that wake up moment. Yep. And you're still only 20. Yep. Okay. So the rest of my... I guess relationship with both Courtney and Christ kind of develops from that point at Ivy Tech. I was engaged to another girl at the time. I got connected with a organization called Young Life. Started a chapter in Columbus, kind of based out of the Nazarene church that I've been going to. I signed up to be a volunteer because I'm like, yeah, I want to actually minister into these kids' lives and show them that it doesn't have to be a white collar suit and tie affair to go to church and to learn about Jesus. Like we can meet, we can meet kids right where they're at. As that was the basis of what Young Life was, and the basis of what Campus Life ended up being later at okay. at Current, uh, but pretty much it's similar organizations. So we ended up sharing another class together. At the time, we were looking for female volunteers for Young Life because we had a lot of high school girls who were coming, but we didn't have all the volunteers that we had were male. So a male volunteer talking to a female student. Things can get seems a little weird, messy, huh? Um, from a legal standpoint, but uh, <laughs> so we need someone who's who is our age, wants to minister in some form or fashion. Number two and number three loves Jesus with all the heart and soul. I'm like, okay, so I start getting to know Courtney a little more through you our conversations. Me in a computer class, mm-hmm. uh, graphic design course. Yep, um, our second year of college. So I was 20 at the time. <clears throat> so I get to know her. I was like, okay she kind of fits these three criteria so i just kind of pitched a question to you not really knowing how quote-unquote fresh your relationship was with jesus at this point because you're still i'd known christ for probably two or three <coughs> years after that point wait i was a junior in high school so three three i was 17 mm-hmm. um when he when christ and i became close yeah i wasn't like super churched i guess sure i went to um a church called The Living Room, which is a missional community, and they met on Sundays, and I really wasn't plugged in or anything, so I don't didn't really have discipleship. So I was walking into this like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I don't know how the heck I'm going to teach these kids. I mean, I didn't tell Lance that. but Right, yeah, she didn't tell but, me any of that. Smooth but, move. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, so I said, okay, because in my heart I knew, hey, this is going to grow me too, and it did. Wise beyond your years. Mm-hmm. I was right. I mean, yeah, I was hungry. To recognize that I was hungry. Yeah, because I wasn't brought up to love Jesus. Yeah, this was my decision. Well, yeah. not his decision, but my decision to love him. You know, to follow him. Uh, my mom and dad have always been super supportive. Side note, so it was never like weird or anything. But yeah, I wasn't really brought up to love the Lord, so I was unchurched. But anyway, but yeah, um, so this grew me more than. Lance ever yeah. would have known. That's awesome. Yeah, honestly, just kind of hearing that, I'd never really heard that before come out of your mouth, so that was really cool. Um, You'll have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to that back just so I can hear it again. Yes, you helped. Yeah, but um, as she was teaching these kids, obviously she was learning more about Christ herself and deepening her relationship with God. Because I'd never um, really read through the Bible until that point. Like, I knew bits and pieces, but the, we read through Galatians. And I remember that what I'd seen was legalistic. Mm. And Lance and I kind of have similar, like, okay, this is not what we want kind of thoughts. Like, legalism isn't where we want to go. Because we went through a, a book called Be Free. I don't know who it's by now. I'm going to have to look that up and it's give you some context. pretty anyway. vague. And it was... It's too long ago. And I remember learning about, like, Galatians and being like, okay, this is what God doesn't want. And it grew me in that way, you know? Right. That's good. Yeah, so so how we started getting to know each other more, mostly as friends at that point, because I was engaged. I mean, I wasn't trying to date him. Weird. I'm not a homewrecker. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's (laughs) trying to date anybody in this particular. No, I had a boyfriend too. Different story about that. But anyway, I had a license. I drove. She did not, and still does not to this point Uh to this day. That's that's not a bad thing. Our jobs work out, um, so I can drive her back and forth to work every single day. It's not a problem. But um. Shout out Dixon Chiropractic. Whoop, whoop. For real. Um, Thanks, uh, Dr. Dixon, for uh, hiring me, even though you know I can't get back and forth very well by myself. Cut to a quick ad right here. <laughs> Dixon Chiropractic. Hi, I'm Dr. Dixon. 
Now back to the show. Oh, what's happening right now? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's how we started getting to know each other more in our conversations to and from Young Life. Because her mom and dad both worked. They couldn't pick her up or really take her to these kind of places. So, like, yeah, whatever. I'll drive. No big deal. Plus, we had class together. So, yeah, so it wasn't a big deal. Exactly. But that's how we got to know each other more then. <sighs> I don't remember the timeline between Need help? when that started and when my engagement got broken. Okay, so that was... Um, Young Life started probably in September, October. You guys broke up the following, like, March. So it Actually, I think it was May. May, then. Because I remember... Did we get together that soon after? Lance. Hey, slow down. There's some context <laughs> Okay, there. there's context. Um, so but, we, um... So we... <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So we slowly but surely became really, really close friends. Like, we're talking about Jesus, and, you know, I really didn't have anyone else to talk to about the Lord in this kind of way. So we became really close friends because we'd had this shared experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was driving me back and forth 15, 20 minutes to these things. So we had plenty of time to talk about our lives and talk about how what, you know, has shaped us into the people that we were, I guess, when I was 20. Hey, it's legit at the time. It was. Yep. It, was it was very legit. And it was. It was really great. And I, I remember being like, I, I knew back in the back of my head, I'm like, uh oh, I kind of like him a little bit. You know, kind of like that. Still engaged at this point. Ooh, in time. Ooh. And I was still with another guy, and I'm like, this is not good for me to like him. So I'm just gonna put this way, just shove it way down, shove it way, way down. Sounds a tiny bit like a Hallmark movie, but go on. <laughs> Shh. It's a little bit. It, yeah. it, it's very. <laughs> it is, and it's gross. <laughs> Not that I've, as I've heard the, um, them to be. Uh-huh, right. It's It gets pretty mushy if you want to skip ahead a few minutes. You, you can, we'll, yeah, we'll just, save you uh, the trouble. Yeah. Um, we love you and we love your hearts that so you can skip on. Hit, hit the plus 30 button. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, About nine or ten times. <laughs> Courtney has this, this, this feeling inside her, oops, I like you. Didn't say that, but was like, I don't care like about this relationship that we have. I don't want to like like date you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I care too much about our friendship to try and date you. So I don't care how you're going to be in my life. I want you to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to be my best friend. I don't care if we ever end up together. That was kind of the... the right. That's there must have been... It. Probably wouldn't advise somebody of that age... Don't do to, that. But, but there must have been something... The pull of Christ in him as well that's... Yes. That's drawing mm-hmm. you that way. Yeah, and it's just... <clears throat> And, and also from my standpoint, it was kind of discipleship in a way. It, oh, yeah. Like me being the discipler, sure being the disciple. Lance is my biggest discipler in this world. Um, like, I don't think I have ever would have grown in Christ like I have without him. Right. A, a lot of our conversations that sounds to, really dependent, back right? and forth to young life weren't small talk. They were like deep theological discussions. Yeah. Like, we're, we're both volunteers in a ministry right now. We're like, we got to be on our game. And if she ever had a question or wanted to debate something i was open for it mostly just iron sharpening iron that kind of thing so yeah which really drew me to him because you know and then apparently my heart got in the way somewhere (laughs) in the midst of all that we're we're growing her as a brand new believer newish believer and me kind of breaking myself from that church ideology if 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 that's a thing so our lives both had taken a turning point at the same time which is really cool yeah it really was She's learning, I'm relearning how to actually be a follower of Jesus Christ, kind of at the same time. But I did have some theology and scripture knowledge to kind of lean back on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had some. I was never indoctrinated enough by a church to even, even that sounds kind of weird, but I was never indoctrinated enough to have any sort of real strong foundation to stand on. Like, I never had good, solid teaching until... I went to church with Lance or maybe I did and didn't hear it because my heart wasn't, you know, open to it, you know? So yeah, we start this whole young life thing. What that was, we started in like September, October yeah, that, that fall. of 2010. Yep. Spring 2011 rolls around. We're both still going to school, both still doing the young life thing. I get my engagement broken. My fiance actually broke up with me cause I was, at the time, I was going through a lot of depressive things, but I didn't know that. But she recognized it. And she couldn't really handle it. Yeah. So, like, I didn't know what was going on with me. She didn't really know what was going on with me, but she did. But she knew that she needed someone stronger or more, more independent. I guess it would be, because I was me and my deep depression. I was pretty, 
I was leaning pretty heavy on her to try to give me the emotional stability that I needed. My fiance at the time couldn't handle it. Yeah. So that was the end of that. Courtney heard about it. She was, I mean, we were both pretty tore up. But um, I felt really bad. Yeah. I'd seen him get engaged to her. I knew that it was kind of a bad idea. I always kind of was like, Ooh, I don't know if you should get engaged to her. I didn't say that, but my heart sank when he said that he did get engaged to her. Not because I liked him, because I didn't want to see him get his heart broken. Mm-hmm. And as men, we're young and dumb, but we and we make dumb decisions and we learn from them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that happened, and then we Courtney and I still have our friendship going. I break up with this boyfriend in October of ten. Yep, pretty much shortly after you started Young Life. The timeline is hard. Many years ago. Anyway, oh gosh, we're not that old. Are we old? We're not that old. <laughs> we both just had our mutual relationships um, terminated in one way or another. Um, naturally, I didn't want this to be looked at looked at as like a bounce back or whatever. So I said, like, I, we were just hanging out. Like, it, I think we were still doing the young life thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Then we just kind of stopped hanging out because he'd gotten so that like, he was so heartbroken. I yeah. think he just didn't want to be around girls in general because he was like, girls are gross. I don't want to be around girls ever again. I didn't actually say that. It was, it was your vibes. Yeah, it was just adding on to adding depression on top of depression, you could say. So he texts me out of the blue one day. Let's get that when we come back. It's Lance and Courtney Shorts on the Big C Little Z podcast. We'll be right back. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Alicia. We are with He Is Revival Ministries. We've devoted our lives to see the church healthy, whole, and moving in the power of God. We have so many exciting things planned for this year. We're planning on hitting 20 states across the U.S. and taking a trip to Mazatlan, Mexico, which you are invited to be a part of. We need your prayers and partnership now more than ever to take on this exciting challenge. To keep up with what we're doing, check out facebook.com slash heisrevival, our webpage at heisrevival.com, and make sure to subscribe to our He Is Revival Ministries YouTube channel. I'm Elizabeth and I like travel, travel, travel. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. So after all this drama happens in both of our lives, Lance and I have taken a friendship break. We're not hanging out. And this isn't like we were like, I'm done hanging out with you. I'm done with this. It was just kind of like a natural. Young life is over for the summer. We're going to hang out and be by ourselves. Um, He texts me out of the blue on a fateful day in June. 2011. This is 2011. Yes, this Mm -hmm. is when we... Spoiler. This is going to get gross. Now you can skip forward if you don't want to hear it. But already. Okay, so he checks me on the beginning of June of 2011. And he's just like, you want to go to a movie? And I'm like, dun, dun, dun. Does this mean I didn't ask him, but I'm like, holy crap, we're going on a date. I'm going to puke. Boys don't do this to me. No, this isn't normal. Me being a stupid boy, I didn't think anything of it. Like, I just want to hang out with a friend. That's all. So I had no idea this was going on in her head while I was like, I just, just want to hang and out I'm and like, catch a movie with somebody. Like, no one else is available. Hey, I'll go hit Courtney up. Like, it'd be a good good time to catch up or something like that, you know? And I'm like, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, gosh. I'm, I insert words here. Cause I, I'm, and I, I've lost all ability to speak in my own head there. So I'm just like, K dot 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 question mark, I think is what I text back. <laughs> No question as to what this means, but Courtney assumes this is date time. Right. Of course, I'm completely oblivious to all of this. She's like, friendship. Um, I pick her up. We go to the theater. Everything's cool. I can tell she's starting to get nervous for whatever reason. I'm, I'm like, like, what the heck's going on with her? Lord, help me. <laughs> like, Lord, help me. I know we haven't Lord seen each other me. in a while, but good grief. <laughs> um, I'm so, I was so awkward. I'm sorry. And this is a Hallmark 
movie plot I've ever it heard. Is. Good grief. Just just write it down, homework. Sell the rights. Yeah, T- no, tithe. Yeah, tithe yeah, off that. No kidding. <laughs> Our millions. There you go. Um, <laughs> Try thousands. Okay. Maybe hundreds. So, <laughs> so we go on this little uh, not date excursion friendship thing and we're sitting in the theater and i'm sitting there being anxious as i'll get out and i look over to him and i say so uh i have something to tell you and you can't think of me any differently okay gonna puke gonna puke i think you're gonna go and he says okay and my brain says okay k k what does k mean i have no idea what k means what mean what does k mean and, and, then, I, and, and in my brain, I'm like, it's, she said the thing. It didn't affect our friendship at all. I'm holding to my word. I'm like, okay, cool. And then my brain says, you know, like, anxiety kicks in. Like, what does okay mean? Does okay mean yes? Does okay mean no? Does okay mean get the crap away from me, Courtney? And then we, I just say, can we watch the movie now? <laughs> and Jeremy says, is moved to tears over the story right now. It's, it's, like is it boring? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, and he says, okay. The end. If y'all still listening right now, props to you. So that was before the movie? Yes. Okay. So I sit there, weight off my chest, not feeling like I'm going to vomit anymore. Everyone knows that feeling out there. It's a good Mm -hmm. feeling. And then, you know, nothing happens of it. (laughs) Just kind of keep being friends for another few weeks. Yeah. Do you want to tell the rest? Yeah. uh, This was another movie date reprised, as it were, except I was actually a bit more intentional about it this time. Um, It was a date. It was an actual date. Um, And before this, I had to take like two weeks of like, I knew she was interested in me, but I was still trying to make sure I was over this broken engagement before I tried to invest myself in another relationship. So I literally texted her, give me two weeks. We didn't speak for two weeks. That really allowed my mind to. And I was sad. Well, yeah, she was unbeknownst to me, kind of bummed about it, but. um, I'm just like, I just want to be your friend. I hope I didn't ruin this. Sorry. I just I just need to make sure that I was in the right place to begin another relationship. That's what that was. Exactly two weeks later to the day, I text her, "Hey, let's go let's go catch a movie again." Basically, kind of a let's try that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> all that goes smoothly. We head up to Greenwood Park Mall afterwards because there's nothing to do in Columbus, so we drove all the way up to Greenwood for no real reason other than go to go to the mall. It was a normal thing. It, it was a very normal thing for Columbus people. That's where we're originally from, if nobody knows. Yes. Well, I'm from Chicago, but that's a different story. So on the way home, conversations all over the place, like typical friends do, like multiple topics just naturally flowing from one thing to another. Next thing we know, um, we are, she's over here cringing because she knows I'm getting ready to say, we're talking about our future kids' names. Like what, what, what we would name our future children if we were to ever to ever to have kids. Not, not in the context of us actually having kids it was in the context of us having kids to me well I, I didn't think anything of it and then i'm like wait and then i actually caught that in my head for a split second i'm like wait a second i literally say hold on a second and i'm like what? if we're gonna what have this conversation this needs to be an official relationship i was already together with you you asked me on a date <laughs> <laughs> that's it basically the, will you be my girlfriend yeah, basically will you be my girlfriend she said yes so on and, and that's how the shorts Got together. Yep. Was okay, that so the context of that resulting from a conversation about children and children's names. <laughs> I'm going to skip so many steps here right now because I almost feel like... I know. that There's, a, there's that, a lot of material we could go on for hours about. Well, this, but. but because of what you guys shared at the gear on Sunday, True. it's feeling a little bit full circle. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and fast forward like a million years and, and <laughs> to present day. Um, the power of adoption in your lives, and here we go. Uh, yeah, um, the tears are already starting. Everywhere we've been so far is good because it gives us the foundation of where we are now in the exactly. conversation. Mm-hmm. Of here, you guys are. It's 2019, upper twenties, thirty-ish. Call close enough. Been married. She's twenty nine. I'm thirty. Yeah. Six years. Married. Almost six. Almost six yeah. years. And the Lord has been working in your lives and your marriage. And I would love to get to it all. But most recent is what you shared on Sunday about not just the decision to be adoptive parents. Adoptive. Yeah. Adoptive. adoptive parents, but also the role that adoption 
has played in your lives. Let's dig into that, if you don't mind. Well, uh, I'm adopted. If you didn't know, I feel like that's something I tell everyone that I meet because it's such a big part of me. That, that is kind of your fun fact when you do introduce somebody. Hi, What's my your... name's Courtney. I'm adopted. I mean, I'm not saying that in the first sentence. What age did you find out? I It was never a find out. It was always a very known fact. Part of your awareness. Yeah. Part it of my awareness, o- yeah. It was, it was no open. secret. You were adopted um, when you were eight I was eight days, days old. old. So you literally didn't know anything. I don't. I still don't know. Yeah, that my mom and dad are my mom and dad, and that's just how it is. I always kind of knew I had something special, though, that other kids didn't have, like, you know... My mom and dad chose me, you know, chose to be parents. Some people don't have that luxury, you know, but it was never a secret. It was never anything to hide. It was always, you know, hey, Courtney's got this special thing inside of her, you know? Sure. Beyond the obvious, what does your adoption background and your passion for adoption, evidently, in in the light of the kingdom, in light of God's, God's love for us? Man, does he love us a whole lot. If he loves us enough to give us, those of us who don't have the best birthing situation, a family, and not everybody gets that, mm-hmm. but the fact that he loved me enough to give me a mom and dad after there were may or may not have been mistakes made is so meaningful to my relationship with him. Yeah, I really kind of like the... What they say in the Bible, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. That has a different meaning to me than most people who love Christ. I've always felt like that because I am adopted, I understand the biblical adoption process, like that we become God's child. Speak on that. (laughs) Okay. Because I I love this stuff. Um, The fact that we are, you know, adopted into his kingdom, into his family. My life is a physical representation of that. Like, I live that story of redemption every single day, not just in the spiritual realm, but in the physical. And it's one of the most powerful things that I feel like is in my life. And that's why I can't help but share it with other people and, you know, eventually be part of that story for someone else. Yeah. For those who weren't in the gathering at the end of February when you guys made the announcement, go ahead and run run through kind of just the, the thought process and, and how God brought you to that place where this is kind of where you guys knew you were called to this. Sure. Well, I've known ever since I was a little girl. It was kind of an obvious choice for me because I feel like that I've always had not really a debt, but a... Kind of a pay-it-forward situation. Pay-it-forward, kind of like a feeling that in my heart, this is how family has come to be. Like, I I never really thought of it as being any different. Like like your adoptive parents gave you an awesome chance to have a much better life than you could have. Why would you withhold that from another child? Correct. Kind of that kind of thing. 100%, yes. And I've always just, it's just an obvious an obvious choice in my life. And it was something that I talked to Lance about way before we even got, you know, engaged. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I want to adopt a child someday. Are you cool with we that? We were actually dating when we had that conversation. Yeah, we were dating. <laughs> it wasn't before that. It was, it's been put in my heart from God, obviously put that in my heart. And I didn't know that when I was a kid, you know, that the Lord put that in me. But now I do. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, you know, the Lord has said to me, you know, you're going to be an adoptive mom someday. And he's audibly said that to me. And I said, okay. (laughs) I'm like, that's pretty obvious choice there, Lord. He's like, well, I put it in you. Why don't we just run with it? Can we run with it together? And I said, okay. And that was when I was probably about right after I got saved. So I would have been like 17 or 18. Interesting. And so I just, I've always kind of known. It was always like part of the plan, you know? It was never like a a question, you know? Side note, what I always find really, really cool about your story, Courtney, is that all of your major conversations that you have with Jesus are just so freaking intimate. It's literally a one-on-one thing. And that's how it's always been. With you and God, like from the moment you get saved, when the moment you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, to the moment you knew you were going to be an adoptive mom. Like, that is incredibly incredibly unique for it's special any believer of any kind and honestly that's something i've never really heard of it's one and of the it's I'm so it, it blessed just to have the it's kind so of relationship cool. i do with the lord like i am so grateful that i get to have that the, tight of a relationship yes like that i don't ever have to question anything really it's it's like that he i learned to rely on him and him alone really early on because of what you know the yeah. adoption thing yeah. like i learned that He's he's better than my mom and dad ever will be. 
Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> and Lance, you did not grow up in a traditional household. You're so correct. How does that inform your uh, process as well? Well, in two ways. Um, first, my mother, my mom, was adopted by my grandparents. Uh, my grandparents could not have my grandparents could not have their own child for physical reasons, so they adopted my mom. Very, very. I can't remember how old she was when she was. They adopted. were like in their twenties, right? Yeah, they were in their twenties. Mom was only like she was an infant still. I do believe under under two. I think yeah, possibly under one. We don't know. Young enough to not remember anything different. Again, like kind of like Courtney. So I mean, there's that aspect. If they hadn't adopted my mom, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. But also, my mom and dad did not have the greatest relationship. He was very abusive towards her. I don't know if he was ever abusive towards me or not. That's kind of aside the point. My mom kind of sent me to my grandparents, mostly on the weekends, also just kind of a way to get me out of that situation. Oh, wow. And then eventually she divorced my biological dad, finally was able to get out of that situation. Before Lance even really knew him. Right. I, I have barely any memory of my birth father, and that's, and that's cool. I, I'm totally fine with that. We're friends on Facebook, though. Hi, Steve. Yes. Yes, we are friends on Facebook. Shout out to Steve. But, so she marries another man, ends up being not physically abusive, but mentally and verbally abusive. Um, she has two more kids with him. It's much better now, though. Let's it's, 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 a, it's, it's a lot better now. When, like, when I was a kid, it wasn't the hottest. But, I mean, now everything's much better. The Lord has worked on him and has changed him in so many ways since Lance yeah, was a kid. For real. So, yeah, eventually, I was still going to my grandparents on the weekends. Eventually, it gets to the point where... I think my mom and my stepdad at this point think they're going to break up. So my mom basically gives me the decision to either stay with her or stay with my grandparents. She gave me that choice. How old were you? Oh my goodness. You would ask me that question. I remember it. I want to say... Young though, right? Nine, I, I was young. Nine or ten. Elementary yeah. school. It was definitely elementary school age. Wow. And I chose to live with my grandparents yeah. because, well... I was young, I was naive, but I knew things were always cooler at my grandparents. So that's how that decision came to be. So I guess you could say they were my legal guardians at that point. It wasn't an actual adoption, but I guess you could say it was in a way. It gave me a chance to be to grow up in an environment that allowed me to grow up in the way that I needed to, I guess it, is what I'm trying to say. It really saved him from a lot of stuff that he would have gone through if he would have stayed with his right. mom and stepdad. right. I mean, yeah, she has her adoption story. I guess mine is kind of twofold in that way. Threefold, actually. Yeah, threefold. Mostly for monetary reasons. <laughs> but uh, whenever I... It was either 17 or 18, They, my grandparents decided to actually do an adult adoption to keep me on their insurance because as soon as I turned... I think as soon as I turned 18, I wouldn't be eligible to be a dependent unless I was... I couldn't be their dependent as long as they were just my legal guardians. Mm. So we went through that whole spiel... I didn't think much of it because I have asthma and seasonal allergies. Medicine is very expensive. They have good insurance. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's kind of how that went down. But kind of looking back, like, kind of on this whole theme of adoption, yeah, it's definitely shaped my life in leaps and bounds more than I kind of ever realized. And I, I concur in my life as well. Like, I never would have thought that, it would have shaped my relationship with Christ as much as it has, yeah. you know, well, like not knowing that now. Sure. Know? You know, a lot of people have heard your testimony. It's a unique one, but you just talked about Christ found you. Mm -hmm. Yep. You were not led to him by your parents. Like most of us right. listening to this are, why don't you give us the three or four minute version of that? I can do that. Uh, because I, I feel like that fits in here. Okay. Stopwatch starting now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was about 16 or 17 and going to a lot of shows at a venue called The Crump, kind of like the gear, but not with Jesus involved. I was a little scene kid, big hair, lots of makeup, insert picture here. I had been at a show. There was a lot of underage drinking and drug use happening, unbeknownst to the people who owned that venue, but uh, there was, and I was a good kid, so I didn't do that stuff it, it, it wasn't ever didn't ever appeal to was me a good kid too it didn't ever <laughs> appeal to me so forgotten tragedy jared paris hello sup jared um their band played at the crump often like a lot a lot 
And I was like, my interest is peaked. I'm like, these people love Jesus. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. They said as much from the stage or how'd you know? Um, well, you know, they're as much from the stage. Like I understood what they were saying when they were screaming. <laughs> so I was like, all right, they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about the Lord. They have to be talking about somebody that's not because I knew enough about the Lord to be like, hey, they're talking about Jesus. Yeah. That piqued my interest in Christianity to begin. I always knew who Jesus was. It was never like a, oh, who's Jesus, you know? But yes, they piqued my interest in Christianity. I real if Forgotten Tragedy had not gone to the crump, I don't think that a lot of the next part would have happened. A lot of kids from a youth group in Columbus, New Hope Christian Church was the church that they were, went to these shows because they were all into Christian hardcore and were super like diehard fans of Gwen Stacy and of forgotten tragedy and kids in the way so actually mean and christian metalcore but that's beside the point all of those like metalcore hardcore bands you know all of the that scene so they would come to that to those shows kids in the way play the crump yeah they did wow my old man played a show with them in 1998 no way when they were serenity no way yeah. dang i think i had a serenity sticker so there's that um but yeah kids in the way was a big i think we were we all went to a kids in the way show that's why i knew but anyway I digress. So the kids from the youth group are there. Matt Philpott's there, the youth leader. And he's, you know, making sure these kids aren't getting into trouble, making sure they're not doing drugs, not drinking, you know, being, you know. Being a good chaperone. Good chaperone. And I get to talking to him because I'm like, there's an adult here. This adult has to know there's something going on. Like, I wanted, I didn't want to be like, hey, uh, these kids are doing drugs and drinking. (laughs) But I was like, I need help. I need someone to get me away from this. And so he, we start talking. He's like, so do you know Jesus? I'm like, I know him, kind of. And then he's just like, so do you want to come to youth group? You'd fit in with my kids. And it sounds like your interest has been piqued. And I'm like, K, I can do that. There's a lot of K's in this story. Oh, definitely. A lot of K. There was a lot of okay. That was Hassan Courtney K. K. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can picture it too. This is, uh, I've fallen back into 17-year-old Courtney. But anyway, so 17-year-old Courtney's like, okay, I'm going to youth group. And then that night, I come home, and I'm like, okay, so we need to get serious about this, this Jesus guy. You've, you've had experiences with him, kind of. You were baptized when you were 15. Let's make this real. Let's actually pray. So I sit in my bed all alone. My mom and dad have no idea this has even happened to me. They're just kind of like, shoo into a show, cool. <laughs> So I'm sitting in my bedroom by myself, lay my head down. I'm about to go to sleep. And I say, okay, Lord, if you want me, you can have me. There's no questions here. I want to be yours. There's a reason why you, you did this. I trust you. If you want me to love you, I'm open. And that was it. And that's how I surrendered my life to him. And true that's, story. Not that I was there, but very but true story. It's just, that's it. Like every single part of my relationship with the Lord, my pivotal moments have always been alone and in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. That intimacy that I have with him Mm -hmm. is something that I'm never, will never take for granted. Mm -hmm. It's always been those big, those big things where I'm alone or at my home. I'm never in front of an altar, in front of a huge amount of people. It's always that intimacy there. Mm -hmm. Those intimate moments, that's when I, that are the most powerful for me. Yeah. Your relationship with God is very non-traditional. In that sense. Would you say that? Oh, definitely. Non-traditional to what? Non-traditional meaning you didn't hit your knees in front of the altar in front of tens or hundreds of people during an altar call with an organ playing just as I am in the background. That's not where your moments happen. Your moments happen in a very intimate and private way. One-on-one, just you and your king, and that's just so, so rad to me. Like, anyway... Uh, bucket anyway but i'm just really really grateful i'm grateful for that making jeremy vomit over here this is a byob podcast bring your own bucket yeah Yeah. no kidding no i I receive what you're saying Mm -hmm. i think um if your relationship with christ is unique then you're in the right church body (laughs) (laughs) for real there's a lot of unique going on at current and um, the reason we started this podcast is um everybody has a story some people don't get to tell theirs, or some people won't tell theirs. And I'm a big believer in there's power in story. Oh, sure. I agree. And it just so happened, we've had this one on the books for six months. Something like that. Um, it, it just so happened that it got delayed till after the fact that you guys came public with the news. 
mm-hmm. of your plans to adopt. It's Lance and Courtney Shorts on the Big C Little C podcast. But we're going to get back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Hensley was your best man, correct? Correct. And you his? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lance and Andrew started a band. I started playing drums for them. Still the hand. You're uh, correct. Um, Lance does the vocals on the chorus, so I'll shut up for that. We can talk over Daniel, though. But yeah, uh, this was uh, a lyric co-write by Lance and Courtney Shore. Am yeah, I right? we were sitting in our living room, and uh, I, he was just like, so I'm writing this song. I'm like, can I, write a, can I write a verse? And he said, yeah. And I wrote that first verse. Oh, it's a thick metal vocal. So try yeah, to, try to change uh, yeah. James Hetfield there. You and 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 me and Courtney and I'm gonna leave it low because I like it. Oh, by all me means. Um, and Courtney and Andrew and Ashley and Daniel and Alicia, we've spent many a long evening. Oh, definitely. In a dive bar somewhere <laughs> across Indiana. I ain't no lie. Being salt and light or not. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> mostly man. being we salt and light. But I think, you know, we've never been, we've never days. been on the road. Not really, no. But but we have we've played shows and, and we have mingled with a lot of other bands and Yep. Um there's a there's a depth in you guys that you know, we can take the current vibe. Sure. Not that it's all about current church. Right. But we can take that into different places. Mm-hmm. And we can go play our songs before and after bands mm-hmm. screaming the F word from stage. <laughs> and all we are is the Sunday Night Worship Band. <laughs> <laughs> With a different um, name. I know. <laughs> We're just a sunny worship band who decided to, drop, to tune their guitars to drop C one day and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andrew and Lance have always played together, so it was kind of a an obvious thing. So here I am, uh, the old guy, filling in on drums. Oh, that stop it. It became, well, it started out as, yeah, I, I can help you guys launch this thing. Who knows where it went or where it goes, but it was a... Um, there was a deepening of relationship through that. Oh, definitely. That if, if that's all I got, if that's all we got out of it, that's huge. Yeah, and, I'm okay um, with that. And that leads me to both of you guys have worship in your veins. You both have worship sure. leading experience. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that, but what I want to emphasize is that you guys know that worship isn't music. <laughs> and so correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, one or both of you, if you could kind of communicate – in the scope of living a life of worship, Courtney, you've talked a lot about that intimacy. I know prayer is a big, big part of your life mm-hmm. as well. You guys are lead worshipers. Yeah. I got that out of Worship Leader Magazine, I think. Lead worshipers. But as cliche as that sounds, you guys both are. That's not a question, but does that, lead, does that lead you into anything? Worship is just an outflow of who I am. I mean, if you've... I bet since you're listening to this, you've been to one or more current gatherings. You've probably seen me worship because I'm pretty big about it, be it on the stage or in the uh, in the congregation. It kind of is an outflow of when Holy Spirit hits. I love that unpredictability of when Holy Spirit hits. Like we can plan and plan all day, you mm-hmm. know, and practice until our faces turn blue. But once Holy Spirit hits and that power fills the room, yep, anything can happen. And that is my favorite part of worshiping, of being a worshiper, a worship leader or whatever. Like, it's that I can plan all day, but the second that he comes in. All bets are off. Yeah, right. And that's the most fun part for me, I guess. And as far as I think what you're trying to get at, uh, like, also, not only on the stage, not only in the gathering, but outside the gathering as well. I'll brag on her a little bit more, I guess. She always exudes Christ wherever she goes, whether she is sitting on her desk, 
at Dixon Chiropractic, greeting customers, checking them in, checking them out. Mm -hmm. Even when we're on grocery trips or something like that, every once in a while she'll get prompted, hey, we should go pray for that guy. Or, or, or something like that. Or she'll just grab a little bit of context out of something and like, and just start and just start breaking out into worship. Like, even at our house. Like, she's constantly listening to worship music. Me being a rock and roller, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, but... The only person I think might give her a run for her money is Josh Rickard. Yes. Oh, I definitely. feel like that might be neck and neck as mm-hmm. far as, as <laughs> that, people that, who knows, very, know what's up kind. with this. That's very, very yeah. kind. <laughs> People who know what's up with the current worship yeah. scene. By current, I mean the modern worship. Little, little C. Yes. That is very, very kind, Jeremy. When I first came to current and saw Josh Rickard worshiping, I'm like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that. And so good. out of, <laughs> you know, be, just being with the Lord, that's where that comes from. That <coughs> outflow of worship just comes from being in his presence and being with him whenever, you know, at all times. Mm-hmm. That's just that's where that comes from. And the more and more you deepen that relationship with the Lord, the more and more that it becomes an outflow of your being. Yeah. So let's speak on this. I want to talk about marriage as worship. Okay. And commend. Okay. I want to commend, Courtney, you wear your heart on your sleeve. And so I'm not spilling any beans here to say that last year you went through a dark period. And we're open about it in the the gatherings. Mm -hmm. And Lance, you were, as a husband... You are bearing a load that some of us have, but some of us won't ever have to bear to that extent, Mm -hmm. and everybody's journey is different. I'm sure that Christ was working in both of you, and then collectively, was that last year, or was that more like 18 months ago? It was like 18 months ago. Yeah, it's closer to 18 months Almost two years. It'll be two Mm -hmm. years in May, in in the beginning of May. And then this past year, you guys had a housing crisis where you were forced to depths of, of uh, a level of faith that you had not not reached. So I, man, I don't want to focus necessarily on, on the struggle, but your marriage, what stories has God told through this union? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I can tell you that as much as her mental breakdown tested my faith and tested my endurance as both a husband as, and as a believer, the housing situation, the way that it happened, completely broke me. Because I, I was raised by, like, the baby boomer generation where, back in their day, the man was the breadwinner for the house. And also, biblically, like, as a man, as a husband, the responsibility for the household falls on your shoulders. And I carried that weight pretty heavy. Probably a lot heavier than I should have. And to lose our housing situation with really no fault of ours at all. No, there was nothing. Um, we had a broken pipe. It was a badly broken pipe that they and would not replace. But would, anyway. Yeah, the the basement filled with sewage. It was a beautiful situation. Yeah, it was not good. Needless to say, we were suddenly out of a house, and I took that probably the hardest out of the two of us. I so, just kind of knew that God was going to fix it. Yeah. And Lance had a, a long battle with himself and I, with the Lord. It was like a wrestling situation. I was I was battling with my own pride as being the man, being the head of the household, being responsible for that household staying there. Like I had to wrestle with my own flesh and my own pride and be like, I, I had to get myself to a point where, you know what, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as Courtney and I are still together and Jesus is still at the center of our relationship. That's all that matters. And not even a week or two after I hit that milestone, we get our current place. Yeah. So I, I believe that was a, you could almost say a wilderness of Sinai moment. Mm. Like for me, like God had to bring me there to deepen and further my faith to expand my borders. So that was definitely a big lesson learned for me. Like at the end of it, basically God told me, see, you're good. I got it. Don't worry about it. I watched his faith strengthen over those Mm -hmm. weeks. Like he was so angry there at the beginning. And yeah, but I watched him learn how to trust God in the hard things during that time. And it was so wonderful to see. Yep. I mean, because I'd learned that the year before. Sure. To right. learn how to trust him in that way. You know, when you get everything taken away from you, yeah, you learn that the Lord is all you have. Literally, he's all you have. Even when you've, you know, lost that sanity. I felt like I'd lost my mind. And when you feel like you've lost that, you learn about the things that are important. You learn about Christ, the true nature of God. 
when you're at that low, low point, I mean, I, I would never wish it upon anybody, but like once you hit that low point and you've learned that, okay, God is all I have. Mm-hmm. It changes your perspective. It's just, yeah. yep. It's, and we both had to learn that our own way, but I'd say coming out of the end of it, like not only did it make us stronger individually, but it strengthened our marriage greatly yes. as a whole. Would I recommend going through a severe struggle to d- deepen your relationship with God? No. Absolutely not. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. But coming out the other side, I'm honestly glad for the experience and glad that God showed his love and his mercy. She's well enough here real bad. But um, we good. I'm not, I'm not glad, but I'm thankful for that experience that we are able to deepen ourselves in such a way and for God just to show his providence to us yes um start the praise break music now (laughs) (laughs) yeah where's that b3 when you need it um hi oh my god (laughs) hey shout out jane isn't he good oh my goodness what's happening right now um (laughs) but really he has been so faithful and so like the provider that we've needed in a much more real way than a lot of Americans experience. Yeah. I think if we were rich and everything was wonderful all the time, we wouldn't need God. Right. And if you're called to an unconventional life of parenting, he probably needed to take you through those stair steps to get you to the point where now you can announce in front of the church or we're going to be adopting children. Yep. Let's wrap up here. I remember when some six, eight months ago when we first started talking about this episode, Courtney asked me what the theme would be. And as I thought about it, I told her, well, probably I want to focus on faithfulness. You guys can speak to God's faithfulness, but I can speak to you guys' faithfulness. In that, boy, once you guys plugged in, you were there. And if the doors are open, you are there. Absolutely, man. And if there's a need, you are there. And if the doors are open, you're there early. And if there's a nursery need, both of you have served in children's ministries. Both of you have served from the stage. Both of you have stepped up in ways that maybe we don't know. So I'll commend you for that. Um, But you, I mean, it is not, I mean, you guys went to Chicago last summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can count on one hand that you guys haven't been there on a Sunday night gathering. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you? Why is it so important uh, beyond the obvious of being with the family and all that? Right. Curran is our family. If God's faithful to us, why wouldn't we be faithful to each other? Bingo. It's, and that's something that has always been part of my core with him. You know, that like he's taught me, if I'm going to be faithful to you, you better sure as heck be faithful to other people. Yep. I'm also not one to go halfway into something if i'm gonna say let's do this thing i'm gonna do the whole thing and also why wouldn't i help somebody who needs it that's just not nice to not help somebody who needs it you know right for me it's also a bible like it's very much i can't remember book chapter and verse it says don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves i know that there are some christians out there that like to be lone wolves in that respect but the gathering, you get so much more. You're able to not only feed yourself, but especially in the way current does, feed into others. Like, oh my episode on that. gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, I'll be fully transparent. I just listened to the, the two-part episode of Dinner with the Frontman, and absolutely that, that gathering from... Early February. Yeah. February 9th. That was just the way that the family came together. I will absolutely back Gene up on 100% on that. The way the family came together and just poured into each other. It wasn't just the front man. It wasn't just the elders. It was every single person in this body coming together, just being a family, being a body. Like that's one thing. Genuinely caring about one another. Yeah, that's one thing that's about the current, of current that I have never, ever, ever found in any of the other churches that I've ever been yeah. to. And that is why... We continue to come, and that's why we've stayed. And that that's why, and that I could probably speak for both of us, that's why we'll be in a to-win-it for the long term. In it to win it. There's an old sports talk radio 
ism. It's miss a little, miss a lot. The, the, princip- <laughs> the principle works well for me with current for so long. And I'm like you, Lance. I grew up in the church. And for so long, you go to these formulate. You pretty much know it's going to be opening song. Yep. Sunshiny greeting from the welcome mm-hmm. pastor. Yep. Two more songs. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Keep going. Uh, isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Uh, I can't hear you. And, and, and uh, I, I try to always give the disclaimer. We are not here to church bash. No, we no, love you. I miss a little, miss a lot. And, and for a play. church that kind of, I think Gene, what was the word he used? Uh, not shoddy, but something along those lines as to opposite of excellent. Um, oh, I get it. Yes, I know what you're kind of Flying by the seat of your pants. But right. because of that, and because anything goes, and because it's a two-way street, because it's give and take, and it's mm-hmm. not top-down, miss a little, miss a lot. <laughs> and definitely. So, so I can definitely identify with you guys there. I know that if I'm not there on Sunday night, there might be something. And I guess mm-hmm, that's another that, reason why I I personally keep coming back to current, because I'm hungry for the presence. Yeah. And the presence lives amongst us. Mm-hmm. Pew! Drop the mic. But And that's that's Drop all that I want. Expensive. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. The presence is everything. No, I don't know. I just want to give a little, little eggs and music as we uh, wrap things up. I'm okay um, with that. What's I know you talked about wanting to get um, a little bit more uh, stable housing before you start introducing kids into the picture. What, sure. what what's next for y'all? Oh man, there's a lot. Um, Right now, it's just saving money uh, and getting that house. But the Lord has us where we are for a reason. Yep. And right now, I'm just trying to minister to our neighbors and love downtown Franklin in the best way that I know how, which is Mm -hmm. with the love of Christ. And I I guess in the physical, we're just trying to get everything lined up so we can put a down payment on a house to to buy a house somewhere eventually. But sometime maybe in, in the in the spiritual i guess getting our minds and our hearts ready to take that next step and i, I see this as a our, our current our current situation as a safe landing pad yeah. where we can rest and regroup and get ready to take the next step yeah. um so yeah i'm super excited for where we are right now and I am super excited to see where God takes us. Me it's too. It's going to be rad. Because he's in it. Because he's in it. I'm ready! <laughs> Appreciate you guys a lot. We're Thank ready. you too, brother. Thanks for coming on. We'll get this thing Love edited. You, we're we're going to get it on. Uh, we're going to get it uh, up in March. Uh, promise. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Heck yeah, man. I'm trying to get us to this breakdown. Oh, yeah. What else can I say? Are we ready? Lance and Courtney Short, everybody. Woo! Oh, by the way, check out Lance K. Short, fine graphic design, and Courtney Short, photography. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> ready? When my You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C. Come on! You still owe me my China symbol back. (laughs) I still have it somewhere.